Hi, welcome back to Plus This. I'm Kathy Deach. And I'm Nikki Bailey. We're very excited for today's show. So excited. I'm actually so excited. I want to share it on my personal, but That's mom, what I'm doing too. You're not allowed to watch it. This is a parent-free zone. Ooh. She's gonna. She knows you about to hurt your mama feelings. My mom is gonna be really upset. She is not gonna be all about it, but no. we are. She's gonna she's gonna keep screaming at her phone <laughs> however she watches. <laughs> Just don't say anything too scandalous. Oh, listen, Not. when you have someone <laughs> like our guest here today. I know, I know. How can you not? You can't help it. We have to. It's it's just yes. You know we're going to say whatever anyway, right? <laughs> but today we have L Chase who is the author of The Curvy Girl's Guide to Sex. So you know it's about to be on, y'all. It's going to be banging. It's about to be on. Yeah, it's going to be banging. Um, I love the photos in that book. Of the pictures? The little illustrations. Oh, my God, me too. They're so cute. They're so cute and curvy. And um, we all want you to, we're going to show you We're going to show eventually. you. It's amazing. We are. I, um, I'm really, really trying to make sure that we are on our comments because I, I need to know what y'all need to know. I also have to check Instagram during the little break we're taking. Okay. Because I want people to ask all the questions. Yes. We we want your questions. If you have sex questions, sexy time questions, think about it. The stuff you've been dying to ask and you didn't know who to go to and Google was leaving you short because Google's a hot mess with, with real information. Hey, guys. You, Today is the show for you. Yeah, I'm and so also happy. I think sex stuff automatically takes you to porn so many times. It really does, right? Especially yeah. if you were to put like BBW or fat or plus size sex into a search engine wanting valid information. You're going to get a virus. You're going to get you're, <laughs> you're going to get all kinds of malware. You are. Because you're going to end up clicking on some porn whether you want to or not. And if you want to remain, do you hear me? Remain anonymous. She knows English. I do sometimes when I slow down. Uh, you can go to our Instagram story where I have provided a box for secret questions. So we will not reveal Ooh. who you are. So go to our stories. Now you can leave us for a second or if you're on your computer watching, you can go to the story right. on but Instagram. Come back. Come back. Don't get distracted. There's some There's some cute um, big girl news. There's some stuff that happened this mm -hmm, week. Mm -hmm. My favorite thing, I think, was Serena Williams clapback. Serena, <laughs> her silent clapback. You know, just showing Serena up. Serena do not play. She and don't she care. was like, "Oh, you didn't like my black cat suit that I wore to save my life last year? Bust this!" <laughs> and the outfit, guys. What did it say? In French, it said goddess. I think was one goddess. of them. It said queen, mm -hmm. champion, and mom. Yes, all in French. She was like, "Come for me if you want to." And it came with like a cape too. When okay. she wasn't on, like after when she was just right. like hanging out, it had a, like right. a, a drapey, capey, fierce yes. overcoat. She was just all about. It was just so extra and so perfectly, wonderfully Serena, <sighs> and so perfectly like. In your face. If you feel like I'm making some kind of statement, like insulting right. you guys, well, then I'm actually going to make a statement right. instead of just trying to save my life with what I'm wearing. So I, I don't know if you guys know, she when she was pregnant, she had a terrible pregnancy with um, blood clots. She had pulmonary embolisms. Yeah. Yeah. Which are really hella dangerous. They hella are. I've had them and survived them twice. You have. Yeah. They, they frequently kill people. Yes. Yeah. So... The fact that she's still alive that and, 
and she was wearing the catsuit last year because it was a compression garment to keep blood clots from traveling through her body as she was moving and playing. Yeah. Yeah. And they had they felt like it was insulting. Yeah. <sighs> Whatever. Because it's all about you. Get guys. over yourself, France. Um, he just like let a bunch of fascists into your friggin' parliament or whatever it is over there. And also, they just be acting stupid. Like, just stop. Yes, I mean, with Can and everything too, with the heels yeah. and like the women who were making a statement not wearing heels. Yeah, and they were telling them they couldn't they go couldn't on go the carpet. In. And they there was a woman from Variety who was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna report this then in my magazine." Yeah, so. And their whole stance on Muslim women who cover, you know, they're just not, they're they're sort of, they're so progressive that they're anti-progressive almost. <laughs> <laughs> they like can't get it together. Yeah, I think they have their ideas about women that yeah actually is very limiting. Yeah. And that if you don't show up a certain way, then that's it for you. Yeah. yeah. But Serena shows up the way she, the goddess that she is, she don't care. Serena do not care. And I'm grateful for it because she is an amazing goddess. And we love you, Serena Willie, because yes. you taught us how to do the Wimbledon, as Lizzo would say. <laughs> that's right. Mm -hmm. I've been bouncing to Lizzo now that I have her in my car finally. I have a 2006 um, Scion that has a CD player and I enjoy actually physically buying CDs still. So when everybody was downloading theirs, I was like getting the hard copy and it's deluxe and it has all the singles she released for like the last three years on That's there. That's really cool. So I've been banging to it. All right. Yes. Um, I think it's operator. I think it's okay <laughs> that you got bonus tracks that I didn't get. The Water okay. Me song is really good. It's Lizzo. Everything's really that's good. true. Yeah. Duh. What okay. are you gonna do? Um, another artist who is incredible from Israel who won like the Eurovision competition, mm -hmm. Natty, I think is how you pronounce it. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna attempt her last name. I'm not good no, at no, that. No, no, we're not. Really, doing she's that. a one. She's really a one name wonder. Yeah, one of the best singers I've ever heard on a television show. She's amazing and since you hipped me to her i have been living for her yeah. so eurovision eurovision is a songwriting contest that is really popular in other parts of the world but we know nothing about it here because we're us um but uh natty is from israel and she won last year and she she's amazing she's a a, a fat girl who wears her hair on these two little cute little buns and she dresses with all these beautiful colors and she is just feeling herself yeah. as she's singing the songs yeah, yeah. that she makes up. She makes them up and she like she plays all of it herself on a thingy and I don't know what the thingy's called but she's amazing and I love her and I'm obsessed with her now. Yeah, she yeah. reminds me of Bjork like when I first she saw does. her aesthetic. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, you're like you're giving me like a Bjork and if you're watching at home, you can see we have a picture of her and it's yeah. very Bjork-esque." Yeah. Uh what's fascinating is that she has enough of a fan base where just like you do cosplay sometimes, mm -hmm. people do cosplay of her mm -hmm. and a girl who looks happens to look a lot like her dressed as her for the day mm -hmm. and people were mistaking her for her and she it, she didn't even dress for her like the day she just was like waiting in line to take a picture with something that natty that was natty related and just spontaneously was like somebody let me borrow a hairband i'm gonna put my hair up like hers and she wore it like that for the rest of the day and for the rest of the day people either thought she was natty or were like thumbing her up just because 
Because she was dressed as Natty. Yeah. yeah. And she, her experience in the world was so wildly different. Yeah. And um, it she wrote this great piece about being a good fatty and how when you feel like you are like a superstar, contribute to the world in like some kind of humongous way, people seem to give you the benefit of the doubt mm. as a fat person and how she never felt that way just as herself. Yeah, it was almost like because she was sort of dressed as a famous person, she got a pass on her on her being fat. And I wondered as I read it, because she talked about how one of the things that happened was that, you know, she was in the front row of this concert dancing and people were like, yeah, get it, girl. And she was feeling like she was taking up space and was allowing herself to take up space and was feeling like, is the only way I can take up space is if I look like a star. Um, and I wondered if, like, I don't know that she actually drew any conclusions, but one of the things that I wondered was, did that make her more free, feel more free right. in general? Right. You know, like she didn't talk about What was it. the other of that? Yeah. What, instead of what, like what, what, instead of the outside job, what was the inside job exactly. on that? Exactly. I yeah. know, I know when I had money in New York. Yeah, I don't have money anymore. But when I had money in New York and I would kiki around in my cute clothes, I thought I was somebody and that did tr people treated me way differently. I do think it's the what you think of you that makes the difference because I as you well know act a fool everywhere I go. <laughs> and I uh you know and there are lots of women who talk lots of fat women who talk about this how they're stared at and you know and how um and how they feel uncomfortable sort of being, you know, over, you know, what's the word, extroverted and outgoing in public. Um, and I, I, of course, have had those moments, but generally speaking, I'm just crazy in the streets anyway. <laughs> um, but generally speaking, I think people respond with me. They respond to the fact that I don't care what they think, like that yeah. I just am doing my thing. And I think that that makes a difference. Yeah. yeah. I definitely think when I was younger, I needed it to be that way in order for me to feel that way. Mm -hmm. And now I could be... Like today, I was in something I probably should not have been outside in, and I could have cared right, less. Right, right. Word. I, it is, it's funny how you hit a threshold. I watched Wine Country. Oh, I loved it. And it was great, right? Mm -hmm. And that writer, I would love to have her on our show. But there's like a whole thing about that in there, about when you hit a certain threshold, like you just don't care. Mm -hmm. And like the freedom that there is in that. Yeah. And I'm just glad it happened to me without having to hit some kind of number threshold. Like I right. finally caught on. Yeah. Like, oh wait, I don't have to be anything for anybody. That's amazing. Like it wasn't about what you weigh or yeah. anything. It was just, you just had a shift. Yeah. 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 And I think that's connected to sexuality too. I can't wait for us to talk to Elle about yeah. that. I, one last thing. Just because this seems like a Debbie Downer opening segment, but this was so shocking. And again, it's connected to one of our most popular, most shared posts that we've had. So we shared something on Instagram that suggested weight neutral language to use with children. Mm -hmm. And instead of saying, oh, I feel fat, let's run around the corner. You say, it's so beautiful outside, let's enjoy nature. Right. And, oh, I'm going to be really bad and have this burger. I feel like, oh, I'm really feeling this burger. I want a burger right now. Right. And it was shared over 60,000. It might have been up to 70,000 times at airtime. Wow. From our little page. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Yeah. And 
I think that that hits a hot spot for people, which is why it's interesting when you talk to people about their bodies and then you tell them to like imagine saying that to a child. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I had a, of course, because I've had everything, I had a holistic health counselor. We all had everything. La-dee-da. And she actually was really great. And she would say, would you say that to your friend, you know, whose boyfriend yeah. was treating, if her, a friend's boyfriend was saying those things that you say about yourself, how would you feel? But then when she was like, would you say to a child, like all bets were off, yeah. right? Like there's something about protecting kids from this mess that goes on in our adult brains that I think people are craving. I think that they're definitely craving it. I think that it's when you ask if you would say that to a child, people would so people would think about it for a second and go, oh gosh, no. However, that said, I mean, you know, you hear people say terrible things to children about their bodies all the time because they're not thinking about it because there's no one saying, wait, press pause. Right. Do you really think that's an appropriate thing to say to a kid? Right. Yeah. And this meme, I think, gave people that pause for yeah. sure. And then you found a string of posts. I did. I found this string of posts about a woman who works in a daycare center who talked about that, that they had a baby who wasn't feeding very well. And uh, they had this you know, task of trying to make sure this baby ate. And they had a, a substitute in one day who was like, why are you so worried about this baby eating? She's fat. She doesn't need that. A baby. And they were trying, and this woman was like wanting to deny this baby nutrients because the baby was fat. And then after that, in this thread of conversations, there were dozens of stories about people talking about, you know, because of uh, because of fat phobia, people starving their children and 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 you know denying babies bottles because they don't want babies to get to get fat. I mean, it's and I saw another one today that I texted you about that we're going to talk about I think another day, but like, it's just. You know, we're so, fat is such a terrifying thing for people, and it's such a, a horrifying notion, the idea that a person could grow up and be fat if you could prevent it, that we're going to prevent it in children, in babies. And I love me some Michelle Obama. Y'all know I do. Love her. But her whole, like, war on obese children, you know, like that kind of sort of toxic mentality that we have to police our kids and police their food that's dangerous. Yeah. And, it, and and fat phobia literally kills people. It, it really does. And because just because you say obesity doesn't mean that it's not obese children. Right. Like, and I think people are trying to have some kind of disconnect. And there is no disconnect for a child. Right. Once they figure out fat is a bad word, it's all bets are off. Yep. And if you're precious about it, if you are so worried that the world is going to treat them terribly because they're fat, then you're setting them up for that yeah. failure. Yeah. And you know, you and I have both talked about being little kids and having memories of feeling so fat at very, very young ages and then looking back at pictures of yourself and you were not fat, not at, fat all. at all. And yeah. I wasn't fat at all. Yeah. And, it, and and I know there are many, many, many kids out there that weren't fat at all. Yeah. And just because you're in the 99th percentile as an infant, like somebody has to be in the 99th percentile. Right, right. Like someone has to be that. Yeah. And most of the time it's something a kid can grow out of. Like, yeah. Or even if they don't, who and cares? And even if they don't, like the idea that kids should be taught at a young age to just love the body they're in yeah. you know like there's nothing bad about my body my body all of it like the the like all the different bits and pieces even yeah. the stuff that comes out of it that's kind of gross it's all still good because it's my body and god or the universe or whomever or whatever made me to be this perfect thing that i am 
And that's what babies should be hearing from kid, from yeah. parents. Yeah. You know? So keep yeah. sharing that meme. Definitely. It's still up there. If you don't know what we're talking about, go find it. It's it, on our page. It's on our page for sure. Uh, we're going to watch a video. So here's the thing. We have got, we have a sponsor who has been with us literally from like week three. Wow. Amazing. Scrubs body. They, I've been out of touch with them and we just got back into touch and they're on board for season four. But so we don't have them, but I just want to give them a shout out. And Roberta, I love you. All Roberta, in New York. Thank you so much. Hey girl. But uh, we'll probably be running ads next week instead <gasps> of our videos. So you know what I did? It's another Fatch video. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> to give can us a little break it? so we can get Ellen here. Um, so enjoy some Fatch comedy with us and other with people. Us. Yeah. girls like working it out while we were having actually technical, technical problems. Di difficulty and one of them is Delany who we're going to be meeting next week but we'll save that we'll save that up wonderful show that book girl oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh do you guys see this it is curvy girl sex 101 body positive positions to empower your sex life written by the amazing the brilliant the beautiful l chase who's who is here here with us today <sighs> Yay. And the crackles wild. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Thanks Hi. for coming Hi. in. Thanks for having me. We're so excited to have you here. Oh. So, so, so excited. I'm so I love that Nikki has history with you. Yes. I uh, I saw uh, Elle at the She Convention, which is the Sexual Health Expo uh -huh. here in L.A., couple years ago and I was with my homegirl Christina and we were like we got to have this book right here <laughs> and we have been we have looked we have spent time with it and um it's an amazing book it has pictures of like so like se the sex positions you can't see it but there's pictures of the sex positions and diagrams and and a, and a beautiful little like like what are those called again it's a key. A key. Yes. That explains, like, you know, who, who is, like, the the best people or the things about... What body yeah. part, what is, body part is using it. it. And what's so great about this book is that it's not just, like, heterosexual... Like, it's not this sort of heteronormative guide to have to what's actually acceptable sex-wise. It's got all the genders in it, and it's got toys in it, <laughs> and it's got variations on positions you thought you knew how to do in it. You don't know. You don't know. It's some stuff in here that just, like, opened my eyes. Y'all don't know. <laughs> so I'm just saying. So, Elle, tell yes. us about... You 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 said that that um, tell us about this book like what wh why did you write it where did it come from? Um, well, I was actually uh, called by the publisher that said, um, "Hey, do you want to do you want to write this book? 
you know? And I said, yeah, I'll do that. Um, I have something to say. So um, I had been teaching this class called Big Beautiful Sex for a really long time. And so I sort of merged that, some of that into coming up with 101 positions, which, you know, is no small task. I'll tell you. <laughs> Did you get a lot of practice? I got a lot. Thank goodness I had a lover at the time. Because God bless him. Uh, you know, the poor guy was, well, you know, poor guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he used He okay. got 101 thank yous. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. So that's sort of how it came about. And I wanted to put in my special sort of flavor of body positivity in the beginning and also educate people on pleasure anatomy because we don't, you know, we yeah. only know what we know. So it's always nice to have that in there. And I grew up very Catholic. We talked about this a little bit before the show and was very sheltered, but was always fascinated. I had a crazy imagination about sex, although I practiced none of it. And I would find every book I could, The Joy of Sex, I found it and I would read it. Like every, like I was the one when you had the old cable boxes trying to tune in the Playboy <laughs> channel. Yes. And I'd be like, a boob, a boob. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was that person for sure. Knowing it was completely taboo in the world I was in, but still knew like I wanted it somehow to be a part of my mm -hmm. life. And when I tell you if I'd had that book as a kid or even as like a college kid, yeah, I just feel like I would have just things probably would have turned in a different direction for mm. me, truly, because just like I was reading it. I was reading Nikki's copy. Thank you for my copy. <laughs> I'm going to take notes in it and post it. Um, but I was reading it Nikki's and literally she couldn't talk to me. Because I was like, she, yeah. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry. She's so distracted. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think is the thing holding... I'll, I'll, I'm going to call it out for myself, fat women back the most in the bedroom. I think it is... Well, it's self-confidence. And there's no wonder we don't have self-confidence naturally because we're told by society and by advertising and media that we aren't valuable. Mm -hmm. So we immediately go into sex with this, even a subconscious view of ourselves that is we're not worthy. Mm -hmm. And so even if that is sort of subconscious, it is something that, um, that, that plays a part in our in our sexual in our sexual lives i mean getting naked even for people who are average size even for people who are super skinny i think the way people look at women in society is their part of their sexuality and their sexiness comes from their body which couldn't be further from the truth to be perfectly honest. Mm -hmm. So um, not just fat women, but all women, I think, feel this way, but especially fat women because we are pariahs. You know, we are, we are the before and not the after, mm, usually. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's what I think we have to work with. And there's a whole, I'm writing another book actually that, that really talks about this more in more depth, but you know, w from the time that we are two, we start recognizing that people are judging us on certain things and that we, uh, what we do has sort of, uh, has, has consequences. And that's when we start looking at ourselves critically and mm -hmm. looking at people treat us critically. So if you think about it, from the time we're two, we're getting all of these messages. Even in, in, in grade school, you know, um, Timmy likes, you know, Tommy because he has, you know, a great body. And Jenny likes Brad 
kid called Brad is so weird to me. But anyway, <laughs> um, Jenny likes, you know, Brad likes Jenny because, you know, she has pretty blonde hair and, and really pale skin. Like, that isn't that isn't what the world is, and that's not what everyone finds attractive. In fact, I think a very small percentage of people do find that attractive. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would agree with you. And there are other books that support that. Uh, you know, yeah. we've talked about it here. Um, that guy who wrote the book about Googling and about searching, and, and um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he got all this information from Pornhub. They were like really happy to give up. Oh, is this a billion wicked thoughts? No. No. Okay. It's it's specifically about what people search for and what it tells you about people. And what he found was that, um, although on porn sites, the the most search group are BBW. Yeah, same with yeah. Billion with Wicked Thoughts also yeah. found that. But yeah. then those same people will have prof- dating profiles that say that they want somebody fit. So like the fact that those two things for straight white men really don't really line up. Yeah. I, I mean, I have to say I found when I got my divorce when I was 40, I was at my heaviest and I was so in need of passion and so in need of good sex that it didn't even really occurred to me to think about my body critically and I just went online and started dating and I have to say I've never had more dates in my entire life um, than when I was 200 pounds and um, and then later on when I was 250 pounds I mean I had a great dating life and I dated people who were conventionally attractive to people that, you know, were not considered conventionally attractive, marathon runners to to fat guys. I mean, everyone that I dated found me attractive in a, their own way. But it all either had something to do with my body or it didn't. It was incidental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were attracted to me. But it was incidental. Your body was incidental. It was inc- I mean, there were some that were like really attracted to my body type. And that's great. But um, it didn't really come into play in the bedroom, to be perfectly honest. Wow. I, uh, one of the things that we talked about uh, when we were preparing for the show is I, um, I have a lot of fat female friends who, who truly believe they're single, they're having a hard time dating, and they truly believe that the, the main reason is their weight. Mm-hmm. And I also have a ton of straight-sized and thin women who aren't dating, who are having a hard time finding partners, and they have a variety of reasons for why that might be. So as a fat person, how how am I supposed to, how do I process this so that, you know, I think we tend to make everything about my weight. You know, if I could just lose weight, I'd have money. If I could just lose weight, I'd get the best job. If I could just lose weight, I'd have the guy or the girl that I really want. What's the mind trick that we need to play with ourselves to sort of get to the place where it isn't about our bodies and it is just about who we are? There's no one trick, mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest. There's no, there's no easy fix, and it all comes from inside. All I can tell you is from my experience and from people that I've spoken to anecdotally is it really comes from what you're willing to accept from other people, how you are willing to be treated, and also your state of mind. I mean, I think that people, and I, this happened to me as well, I think um, I'm thinner now than I was before, but I can't get arrested on a dating site. So, and yet, as, as I said, I got tons of dates with great guys that, you know, that, that weren't fetishizing me, although there's nothing wrong with that if you're into that. But, um, 
I think it has to do with your state of mind mm -hmm. and really not using that as an excuse mm -hmm. to not live your life because that's what they want you to do so they can make money. They want you to feel bad about yourself so they can sell the Jenny Craig and they can, they can sell the Nutrisystem and the gym men memberships and the Pelotons and all of that stuff. They want you to stay there. And I say, fuck you. You know, I mean, just live your life and know and realize and watch media critically that what you are being fed is exactly that. You're being fed something by someone else. And your sexuality and your sexiness has nothing to do with what you look like. I, I, I'm a sex educator. I, I identify as a fat girl. Um, I, I was fat for a long, long time, and I can tell you right now, it is, it is a state of mind that you can keep yourself in if you want to, but there are tons of people out there to date, and it just really has to do with, with how you go about it, what kind of state of mind you have. Does that make sense? Yeah, it yeah, does. Absolutely. One of my favorite things that I, when I was stalking you on YouTube and all the videos, um, <laughs> One of my favorite things, Elle, was when you were coaching a girl and I guess she was having some kind of trouble like actually taking off her clothes mm -hmm. uh, in front of somebody else. And I love that you were like, the problem is the way out. And you were like, don't find places where you can't take off your clothes. Do it in public. Be in your car. And I was like, yes, that's amazing. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, how brilliant is that? Yeah. Like, that's like a really, do you find that um, a lot of us sort of are trying to even have the ideal sex life? Yeah. I will tell you, when I finally did have a sex life that I never, ever thought possible with the way I felt about my body, we often, my partner and I, would look at each other and be like, dude, we're like porn, we're like having porn sex right now. Like, I don't understand it. And we just would laugh our heads off. But like, we ended up working up to that place with each other, yeah. like feeling just so completely free and like, like, yeah, let's try something. Let's do it. But do you feel like a lot of times it is that ideal that like stops people? Oh, yeah. And I, I this isn't uh, this isn't just a problem for for fat people. It's a problem for everyone. Everyone, again, is being sold an idea of what it, what is perfect and what it should look like. And, you know, sex is messy. Sex is inelegant at best. And um it, it, you always have to do sort of fixes. Um, if you have long hair and you're giving a blowjob, you know, you're looking for the scrunchie to put your hair up. You don't see that anywhere, you know, or your hair is getting the way because you can't find a scrunchie and he's trying to grab your hair like this. And you've got some in your mouth and some pubic hair that you've got to pull out of your mouth, and, you know, and you've got smeared lipstick up here. I mean, I, I mean, truly, I, I would defy anyone to find the the evening of perfect sex <laughs> and even when you have great sex with a great partner and you're just like oh my god it's never going to be like this again yeah it's never going to be like this again but there are so many other things mm -hmm. that are going to be fantastic about your next sexual experience and your next sexual experience it can be just as mind-blowing and just as exciting and good just in a different way so if you've had a, a fling or you've had a partner and you've had just the best sex of your life, it's not over. You yeah. can do it again. You yeah. can find someone else. I'm so glad you said that. I I think that uh, I had sort of my sexual awakening thing with a guy who was like the first person who ever 
sort of looked at my body and treated my body like it was something that he loved. And I had never, I didn't know it was possible to be desired in that way. Yeah. And so when we broke up, I, I was devastated to the point where I literally said, I will never meet anybody who looks at me the way that you look at me. And he was like, that's ridiculous. And I was like, it's not ridiculous. You have no idea. And, and you know, obviously it is a ridiculous notion. But at the time, I was like, this is the one guy in the universe who might possibly think I'm attractive. And held on to him way longer than I needed to because of that. And so I'm so glad you guys heard it from an expert. <laughs> L. Chase told you, you can have good sex again let that motherfucker go you don't need if he ain't treating you right let him go and and this is one of the things we talked about yesterday too i know it i am i am a person of loyalty and like special relationships are my downfall like i like there was a guy who broke my heart and it was six years between the next time i was like intimate with someone i'm really it is like it's I feel it in my body like I don't want to let people go. Mm -hmm. And when I have that intimacy with someone, it like all all I care about is that like it's it's not healthy. I'll be honest. It is not healthy. Right and I know this, but I just don't think that like fucking the planet is my way out of that. Like yeah. some people are like, girl, the way to get over one is get under another. I'm like, I don't think that's for me, though. Yeah. I'm just I wish I was. I I like. It, what's weird is that my fantasy life is that way. Mm -hmm. Like my, the things, I imagine myself in gangbangs. Like I'll imagine myself like, you know, two for one, whatever. Like I'll have that. Like, but the actual, actually doing it, like, no. I could not yeah. do it. I just know myself. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? That, that is great. That is fine. And the fact that you know that about yourself is amazing. And I think what I'm going to say to both of you about, about that point too is that, is that as fat women, especially, and uh, I, th I think, I think we're all so used to getting crumbs. Yes. When we deserve the whole sandwich, and there are, <laughs> if you're getting crumbs, there's more to it. There are, if there are crumbs, and there's a sandwich there, and there are, there's a half a sandwich, and then there's a bigger sandwich, and then there's a whole buffet. So. Um, you know, I've been there too, where I've been with somebody and it's just like, I'm never gonna find anyone who's gonna appreciate and love my body like, like that man did. And um, it was bullshit. I found plenty of people. And you know, there were times too where I was, I was fucking anything that walked. I was trying things, I was trying, you know, threesomes, foursomes, orgies, all that kind of stuff. And then I was like, yeah, I'm done. I found what I liked. And now I'm looking for an actual relationship and I have no desire to do that. Might not always be that way. Right. I might, you know, want to be monogamish later on. I might want to, you know, but. <laughs> I'm but writing the, that down. Yeah. Monogamish. It's a Dan Savage who came up with that one. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, but, but I think allowing yourself to feel what you're feeling and, and know that it, it's all okay. I don't, yeah. I don't like using the word normal, but it's all normal. <laughs> You right, know? but all of it's normal. All of so it. That's like this you're not, you can say that. As long as you're not hurting anybody or hurting yourself, I say, you know, go for it. Yes. Hit rewind. Watch that whole thing she just said <laughs> again. Yes. The whole idea, because the whole idea of settling for crumbs, like we feel like this is, you know, one of the things that we talked about when I did that podcast about Shrill is that, mm. is that 
the the women who were on the panel with me were not people of size. And I was like, so part of why she's staying with this trifling ass dude is because she's afraid she's not going to find somebody yeah. else. And so I think, and you mentioned yesterday that we're at this really interesting place where like fat women are like, wait a minute, I don't have to settle for crumbs. Yeah, I can have, and so you need to date me in public yeah. and you need to, <laughs> you need to celebrate Fuck my yeah. body and you need to, you know, you need to celebrate me and I want to feel as good as I know I am. And so rewind it and watch what Elle had told y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go on a break and we're going to, I already have some questions which, are, which will be very, very interesting. Yeah. I'm very excited. So uh, watch Elle in action explain a toy to you. Oh. Hi, it's Elle Chase, and uh, this is my next pick for a great Valentine's Day. Um, it's the Rechargeable Magic Wand by Vibratex. I love this. My favorite go-to vibrator um, that I've ever had, really. First, I started out with a corded one, which is also fantastic, and they still sell. But I like a little bit more freedom, so I like having something that's rechargeable. And once I recharge it, I don't have to recharge it for a really long time. This one also has uh, a speed higher than an extra speed, in other words, higher than the, uh, the corded one. And it also has patterns. For those of us that like patterns, this is a great, uh, this is a great Valentine's Day gift. Um, it's great for men. It's great for women. It's uh, great for just about everybody. It's a good starter vibe if you start on the low end. And um, I don't know an educator around that doesn't own one of these. They, uh, they really like them. We really like them. So um, a good foolproof, Valentine's Day gift is the Vibratex Rechargeable Magic Wand. Get your Vibrate on. I mean, <laughs> the more you know. The more you know. <laughs> I looked at a couple of the questions. Someone wanted you to clarify um, fat fetishizing and mm -hmm. that you feeling like that's okay. Because, you know, in the fat yeah. dating world, in the empower fat empowerment that we're feeling – that's something that people feel like they don't have to put up with anymore. No, they don't. So yeah. I think that some people think that anytime it happens that it's bad. Right. So in what way do you feel like that's not true? I think if you are the fat person in question and you enjoy being fetishized, then go for it. I don't think anyone should be fetishized without their consent. Mm. I don't think that it's healthy to be, uh, nor is it is it nice to be put in a situation where you're being fetishized and you don't know it. Mm. I think that's not cool. But I think we need to make space for people who have different different things they enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, I like to be fetishized in some way sometimes. You know, I it feels cool. And as I a like, redhead, you get as it? As a redhead. <laughs> <laughs> as a redhead. Um, you know, I mean, if you think about it this way, too, if someone wants you to dom them and you're not really a dommy person, you know, they're sort of fetishizing that idea of being um, taken over by, by a woman, say. Um, I mean, you could stretch it to that. But I think that fetishizing is okay if that's what turns you on. And by you, I mean the person who's being fetishized. Does that make sense? I, I do. And yeah. I think that it's interesting that I have such a strong judgment of that. I One time I got an audition and it was a woman who 
was feeding herself on purpose to be as big as she possibly could be. And I just remember like having such a problem with that. And I know that that's my own judgment. Like in this story, she was considering herself an artist and that is what her body was her art project. And that's what she wanted to do. And who am I to say that that's not what someone can do with their body? Like if if we're saying that we have the right for people not to like hate on us when we're this big, like how how do you say, OK, but when you get bigger, that's a problem. I, you're right. I mean, it you know, it's kind of like if it's freedom, it's freedom, you know. Yeah. And I do think that it is it is almost like I feel like there has been a false fetishizing of us because society hasn't wanted us to be in public dating and we've had to keep stuff on the DL. So then it feels naughty. It feels taboo. It feels like fetishy, but I don't know if it most of the time actually is, or if it's just shame, you know, well, we're getting gaslit a lot. Yeah. So I went out with somebody who was, you know, conventionally good looking. And if you looked at his Instagram, it's him with all these women in bikinis and Las Vegas and hard bodies. And yet he was pursuing me and, you know, and he would take me out and we'd go out and all of that. But if I would bring up something like, hmm, how come you don't put me on your Instagram? You know, and it would it'd be one excuse after another. But I'm thinking I'm like hmm, being gaslit here. Gaslighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm supposed to feel crazy because you are wanting to date me, but you're not showing me off like you're showing all these other people off. Right. Mm, interesting. Bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> um, so sometimes it takes us a few times, but you start to recognize how it feels inside and you go, oh, OK, is this my judgment? Hmm. Yeah, this is my judgment. Or is this my judgment? Mm, no, someone's trying to gaslight me. Or someone's trying to put something on me that I don't identify with or I don't want to take on. Yeah. Did, yeah. Did that that make sense? sounds very totally. healthy. I think that's a excellent way to, because I've been fetishized and without my consent, and that was the exact thought process I had. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the amazing L Chase is also known online as Lady Cheeky. L- Lady Cheeky. And Lady Cheeky has created this not suitable for work uh, coloring book, adult coloring book that we now have copies of. And I cannot wait to get my color on. Um, tell us about this. How did this come about? Oh, my God, Are y'all. you a graphic Woo, novel Jesus. fan? <laughs> I am not. I, uh, I was actually approached by SheVibe.com. They are a purveyor of adult novelties. And they have an incredible artist who is one of the owners named Alex Kotkin. And um, they wanted to do a coloring book. And Lady Cheeky is an online persona. Um, I have a curated porn site called LadyCheeky.com that is... Uh, you know, body positive and and very focused on women's pleasure. And so they wanted me to curate their pictures. So I would tell them what I wanted to see and then he would draw it and then he'd bring it back to me and I'd go, eh, no, that needs to be over here. (laughs) She needs to be sucking that a little bit more enthusiastically. (laughs) Um, So uh, put the finger in the butt. There you go. Um, So they they made this, oh, that's me. Um, So they made that and um, I love it. It's, It's fabulous. They also have one called just the um, Not Safe for Work um, Totally Naughty Coloring Book, which is not all plus size. This is the Totally Curvy Coloring Book. So it's all plus size people. Get you one. It's interesting that 
people are still, even in these areas, still calling things curvy. Yeah, Isn't I that know. We talked a little bit about that. Yeah, it's kind of a bugbear for me because it's one of those sort of whitewashing things to, I mean... I can't come up with a better term at the moment, but it is one of those Thin things. washing? <laughs> fat washing? Fat washing so things fat washing, yeah. where it's kind of like, okay, you can call us all curvy, but in about a year or so, we're going to give you another word that's more apropos and that we like and that we're okay with. So right now it's curvy, but I don't think it's going to stay that way for very long. Like nice. I didn't want to call it the curvy. I didn't want to call it curvy girl sex. I didn't want to call it have girl in there. I wanted it to be called fat sex mm. or, um, you know, big beautiful sex which was my my class but there is a there is a huge faction of people that don't want to be called fat yeah and um and and so you have to sort of respect where they're at and still try and get them the information absolutely i and and that is something we usually ask our guests on the show because you don't know how someone identifies and those words have such trigger i mean mm. if you've been tortured a lot of your life that is not a safe word for you. Nope. And mm -mm. and no amount of, but you can empower yourself is going to get somebody oh, there no. before their time. I The day it happened for me, I was so happy, but it took a very long time. I will say, I wanted to bring something up that we talked about. Um, I don't think you were there. at the, We had a fat sketch comedy group called oh. Fatch. It's really fun. And it's like a bunch of fat girls and, oh, we're, awesome. and we have the best time. And our one friend in the group, Gloria, has a party after. And sometimes Nikki stays and sometimes she goes home. So she went home, I think, for this part. But we were talking about like the, the death of that hope that you one day will be thin yeah. and the grieving that you go through when you finally give up that idea of my life will be better then. And then you look back and you're like, how much of my life did I waste on that thought now that I'm free of that thought? Like I had a really big grieving process yeah. about what I had, the life I had wasted on wishing I was thin and trying to be thin. And I will tell you that that guy I was fucking like a porn star, thank God I was at that time because I needed to feel good mm -hmm. during that grieving process. Mm -hmm. So I was just wondering if you feel like that is sort of connected in your sexual revolution when you were getting divorced? Like, did you feel like you just wanted to literally feel good and like fuck your way out of depression? Yeah, it was similar to that. I mean, I, I had realized while watching True Blood, believe it or not, that I had this awakening where- I could see that. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, <laughs> team Bill. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I had this awakening that I'd never experienced passion. And, um, I, that sort of was the driving force, is I'm going to get good sex. I'm going to find out what I like sexually, bing, bang, boom. So once I had that, and then I was like, oh, all of a sudden, oh, right, my body. Oh, I don't like my body. There was a point where it was up, and then it went down. And I had to climb right back up. And I decided, I was like, you know what? It didn't seem to have any bearing whatsoever on my life. Um, as long as I decided to live it the way I wanted to live it. And I can't actually also look back and go, oh, man, I, I wish I had done that when I was, if I was thinner, or when I was thin, or I wish I hadn't wasted all those years, because that's who makes you who you are. Yeah. Anyone can say that. 
even you know people who are conventionally average bodied um, can say, God, I wish I you know hadn't wasted my whole life drinking. Not to equate drinking no, with but, being fat, but right, but no, it's like yeah. you can come. There's up always with, a thing. There's always something. Everyone has something. And um, I think once you, though, find that area where you're just going, oh, my God, this is great. I feel free from my body. Know that if those ideas come back to you where you're starting to self-hate, that's okay. Just let yourself feel it and then push it away a little bit because it's going to come back because we're surrounded by people that hate fat. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask about one of the one of what I love about the coloring book and also about the curvy girl sex book is there there are positions and in and um a really great visual on how to make things happen that a lot of us feel like can't happen. Yeah. So so for me and I think I asked you this when I met you um <laughs> um I've always had a hard time with uh with sex from behind like mm-hmm. with doggy style sex or whatever because I have a large badunkadunk, <laughs> and the distance from the hole to the outside of my badunkadunk <laughs> is quite vast. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, how do I get to enjoy that? And the response, you, what you said was, you can lift and spread the butt cheeks <laughs> so that there's better access. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't know that I was allowed to tell someone to lift and spread my butt cheeks so that things could happen. Oh, and they'll happily do it. Well, <laughs> it's 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 a, like an um, an amazing revelation. And what mm-hmm. I love about this book is that you get to see people in in big bodies in both the, the coloring book and in the, the the curvy girl sex book. People in big bodies in positions that a lot of fat people feel like they can't get into, right. or they're not allowed to get into, or I'd look crazy if I I'd look right. terrible if I got into that. Who would want to see me like that? Right, that's a big one. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, what can you say to those of us who are like? Like, I think people need permission. They do. You're very right. Yeah. Um, they do need permission. And I think, A, sex education does that. Um, but hopefully these uh, that my book does it as well. But my idea on positions for fat bodies is that you can really do what you want to do. Um, you just have to alter it a little bit. And we all have to alter stuff. You know, skinny people, average-sized people, anyone else, supersized big people. Um, We're always going to have to alter something, and you want to because you want to get different positions and different angles, and our bodies are all different. So, like for doggy style, you know, they make, uh, Liberator makes sex furniture, and it's called furniture, but it's really like pillows and ramps, and it's made out of industrial foam. And they also make a plus size. So, you know, putting that under your hips and asking your partner to spread your cheeks or you can spread your cheeks or, you know, just making that area more open and available any way you can. Nothing wrong with it. We all need to do it. We all do it. And um, and don't let the position scare you. There's always a workaround. Um, you can. There's always a way to MacGyver it. <laughs> I love that. And I can't believe we're already done. Oh, oh my wait, God. I had more questions. I know. We're going to go on Patreon. Patreon. C- can you hang a little yeah. bit later and we're going to...